Welcome, everybody, to the Star Citizen Podcast and the illustrious 20th episode. What do you think about that, Zell? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's awesome. And I'd like to say hello to everybody out there around the world, wherever you may be. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it may be where you're listening to us. Hello. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things we always uh, are liking to say kind of early on is if you like, uh, you know, if you like different um, podcast platforms, we're going to, you'll find us on them, right? Uh, you'll find us on um, Google or Apple or Amazon or, um, you know, any of the major places that uh, that podcasts are, are listened to. We're probably there. So check us out uh, if, uh, if there's some other platform that works well for you. Um, we just want you to know that uh, we're, we're probably on it. That's right. And make sure that you like and subscribe here on YouTube. And, you know, give us a little, uh, give us a little love down in the comments. <laughs> and also, one thing that we're not been saying is make sure that you hit that notification bell. So when you, we upload these, you know, sometimes it's on, you know, it's always going to be on a Thursday. Sometimes it can be on a Friday. So make sure you hit that notification bell. Get notified. Good point. You know. Good point. What are we talking about tonight? You know, we got kind of a, you know, a potpourri of things to talk about tonight. Uh, a little bit of uh, CitizenCon, which is going to be great. A little bit of monthly report stuff. Uh, some of the Alpha 317B versus 318 controversy. Um, you know, a little bit about something Aaron Roberts said about Squadron 42 and and, uh, and and maybe a chat about some of those little haulers, you know. Uh, uh, we'll have to see how it goes. We'll just kind of play it by ear. But kind of taking the first crack at it here. Uh, you know, something caught my eye on the monthly report. And I thought that I would just read a little bit and then you and I could maybe riff on it a bit. So uh, just kind of looking at the monthly report, uh, I caught this gameplay features continue to support the release of salvage t0 so we we know that they're working on salvage right additionally they made several quality of life plans for mining right up our alley uh, and loot generation that will be worked on after the release of alpha 318 both features will receive a general balance pass so so quality of life for mining and loot generation going to get a, you know, kind of a, a QOL balance pass while the team is looking to improve multi-crew mining. So uh, it's going to be some kind of a push in multi-crew there. Um, but this is the this is the real hinging point here. For example, by adding benefits to using an Argo mole over several, though, and that several is an important word, miss prospectors. What do you think about that, Sal? Several. Well, it's something we talked about before is is uh, what the definition of several is. So is it, you know, more than three? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're, you know, basically, you know, trying to get our mind around, you know, what, what they're meaning by several. Uh, the first thing, you know, <laughs> like, like most people, we, you know, jump to conclusions and, and it's like, oh, man, are they going to, you know... The, First thing you think is, oh, are they nerfing the prospect? <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. And uh, you know, we kind of work, we kind of worked through it a little bit, and you know, kind of talked ourselves off, uh, you know, from you know, getting the pitchforks out and things, and uh, and and really, you know, we don't we don't know, uh, but it's more it sounds more like they're gonna, you know, 
buff the mole a little bit. You know, we, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, is those size two mining heads, you know, do they need a, you know, do they need a tuning? Uh, some things that we wanted to go out and test was, um, you know, because of course this is anecdotal and kind of remembering certain things, but when we had been out mining a couple times, there had been a couple of us in the mole and we were, you know, we would try to break, you know, the big rocks, anything over 7,000 mass. And one of the things I noticed, it's not that we can't do it. It just seemed like it was not as efficient as it was with two prospectors, you know, even to the point where, you know, I'd unlock the gimbal and kind of paint across the rock to see, you know, to try to get it to heat up quicker. Uh, and it, it, you know, it seemed like it took a lot longer to break that rock than it would, you know, having, having two prospectors do the same size rock. And, and like I said, we need to go back and test that, you know, to make sure, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of remembering correctly, but that was kind of, um, that was kind of my thought and that, you know, that, that's why, you know, kind of come to the conclusion that they're probably going to be buffing those you know, size two uh, laser heads, along with, you know, possibly, you know, obviously with 318 and uh, then, you know, retuning the servers and with uh, persistence, uh, a lot of the problems that we had in the mold before, especially when the pilot got out of the pilot seat, is that, you know, it, it basically shaky. turned, yeah, it basically turned the mold into a hippity hop. So, um, you know, a lot of those things will obviously be fixed, and I don't necessarily believe that's complete what they mean by that. I just feel like they're probably going to be re retuning, um, you know, the, the mole. So I think the mole is actually going to get a buff. And something else that you and I kind of talked about is, um, you know, not that this is the case, but uh, also being able to kind of retune and buff the mole because they may be trying to slot something in between the mole and the prospector. Yeah. Of I mean, that's that, that there could, you're absolutely right. I think that's a very, very good point is that there could be a different mining ship. That's, you know, maybe in the hopper, you know, and, and, and they've talked about the, the prospector being the small and the, and the mole being the medium or whatever, but I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, there's alien mining ships. There's other types of mining ships. Um, you know, and I think that there is wiggle room for a, for a two laser ship as well, or, you know, uh, oh, you know, that I type agree. of thing we talked about, maybe a t like one that's maybe either got two lasers or, you know, a tractor beam and a laser, because I know that that tractor beam kind of laser mechanic definitely is something like you mentioned, it's in the Odyssey. Uh, we've talked about the fact that it's in, uh, the Orion, like it becomes like a more important part of the meta as, as the ships kind of you know, move on a little bit. So hard to say, but I, you know, just first of all, I did want to quickly agree with you. I think that it's probably going to be a big buff to the size two lasers. I don't, I think because you can clo get so close to the rock with the prospector, it almost does. And, and I've done enough soloing in the mole to be, you know, to, to be honest with you. And, and maybe some of its distance and it's hard to say, but the lasers kind of behave the same. You know, I, I understand there's a different optimal range with the size two, but 
there's really not a huge delineation. Like you can't really tell that you have a size two laser on the, on an equal size rock. And not, it's not like it cuts through that 5,300 mass rock, you know, 25 or 30 or 40% faster. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, it, it should be, it should be a big jump. And, uh, it, you know, this is one thing that I can say, uh, with a certain amount of certainty, it doesn't, it doesn't burn through that rock, uh, twice as fast as, you know, say like, uh, um, two size ones on the prospector. It, 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 it doesn't. No. Significantly so, larger ship too, with with much you know more resources, uh, and size two lasers. You're right. There's there it's there's gonna bu- they're gonna buff the mole for sure. You know, there's something else that you know in that same paragraph that I would like to bring up too. Sure. That is that you know basically they went in and says that they made several quality of life plans for mining and loot generation. And that seemed like a pretty interesting sentence is that they would add the mining and loot generation ex- exactly what loot are they speaking about? Something that you and I kind of chuckled about is are they going to be adding rare items, gems or rare, you know, rare materials along? You know, it's like when you break a rock, are you going to be also be able to find rare materials in that same rock or, yeah, or, gems or something like that and um, and, and just to, so people are you know um understand right now i've actually taken screenshots of them you actually can if you go quantanium mining uh you know and, and i i've only seen it in in space but there sometimes is this gray looking nest that's on a rock and inside that nest will be like a hand mineable like a had knight or a you know one of those types of things so it's not like the uh, the mechanics aren't already there in some capacity to maybe put something more rare on there. Yeah, well, you know, then again, it's also within that, uh, under that uh, heading of features and gameplay. So, you know, they also might just be lumping things together, but I don't know, it, you know, and this is a classic for us. Um whether they're, you know, basically trying to condense a lot of the stuff that they they write, so they don't have to add paragraphs or, you know, to, to kind of give you um, context to what they mean. They just kind of lump things into sentences, and um, you and I, <clears throat> you know, reading into things because you know we we analyze and look at things, and we're just like, well, that's just kind of a funny way to say it. I it mean, is. there's been several we've looked at this and go that's just i mean why are they adding you know this phrase or this sentence to uh this particular line of thinking uh unless you know they're wanting you to think something else you know we've kind of looked into that before and said you know it just seemed like a it seemed like a funny way of phrasing or you know because it doesn't you know sometimes it we feel like the way they say things don't mean what they think they want it to mean. So. Well, and and I think that even they'd admit that sometimes, you know, they, they definitely have, you know, the, there's definitely been a few times where there was a, 
you know, in hindsight, they didn't choose the right way to say something and it caused more confusion than it did uh, clarity. Yeah, it's true. And look, hey, I know this is, it's probably got to be a pretty tough gig. So, um, sometimes when you say something, you, uh, you phrase it in such a way that someone else can misinterpret it. It's like, no, 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 I didn't mean it that way. You know, it was just kind of being casual with my speak and um, was making generalities instead of being specific. So, so anyway, <laughs> you know, I mean, that is... I digress. Yeah, no, that is right in our wheelhouse, though. You know, we prospector mine, we use the mole. Uh, you know, and traditionally, we've been doing kind of prospector breaking teams with using kind of moles more exclusively to scoop, although the mole would occasionally does flex and, and become a breaker. And it is in the, that, those anecdotal times when... I, don't get me wrong. We have a lot of time under, you know, flying the mole with, with, you know, full, you know, different one, two and three people, you know, down in, in, in the lasers. I mean, a lot of time, you know, I have a lot of time in the seat as a mole captain. Um, but there's not a lot that different differentiates the mole between, you know, two or three prospectors right now. I mean, obviously you have 96 SCU. That's great that it can hold. But as far as at the laser level, you know, they're the three prospectors or, th- you know, you know, three mole lasers are pretty much on par with each other. So that's, you know, I, oh, it's true. and, um, you know, just like, uh, we got very efficient with, you know, some of our testing and things and especially, um, you know, uh, upping the wattage on one of those prospectors and then using the other prospector to uh you know to keep it uh in line really burns through the rocks fast so we we've we've you know we've gotten pretty efficient at uh at breaking rocks with prospectors yeah incredibly Uh, efficient at it i mean you know we can make you know quite a bit of money fairly quickly you know in in even in today's kind of um you know where the scanning mechanics are you know and everything is uh, you know, there are some challenges to it, you know what I mean? But for the most part, I think even today we could field, we have an excellent group of guys that we mine with. Uh, we can field a very, very um, competent group of, of, you know, of, of mining folks. Uh, we can locate the resources fairly quickly and have them back in the hopper. I mean, I think I was on stream the other night in two hours and 15 minutes. I, you know, I soloed o- over a million AUEC, you know, so yeah, mining is still... It's still a solid way to make AUEC in the game, and uh, but anything that's you know if you're if you're definitely doing anything with with mining quality of life stuff, um, you know uh, you're doing anything with the prospector or the mole, uh, you're going to get our attention, and then you know Zell and I of course always secretly hope that there's going to be uh, you know more more mining ships, <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean we, uh, you know we feel like. There is definitely room for at least forty more. So, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, all the you know, you get a mining ship and you get a mining ship uh, design. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing is, you you just can't have too many mining ships, in, in our opinion. So, uh, but I do like you know, I do like they say that that they made several quality of life plans for mining, which. Mm-hmm is pretty exciting so we're we're uh, looking forward to seeing what they do with that i mean a couple uh, things listen i mean you know if, if you're going to ask me what are some top features that i'd like to see for mining number one would be a, a way to to 
um, tar- like to when you're when you find a rock, a way to tag it some way where you can return to it. You know, like you know, or even share it, like you know, uh, share that particular um, with somebody. You know, like uh, so so maybe taking a mining gadget, planting it on the rock, and then you know maybe it it has a frequency or something or. You know, it has yeah. a GUID number or something. And if you give somebody else that GUID number, they can track it. And it just basically becomes a beacon where yeah. you can just, you know, go to that, that one place. You that know, that in and of itself could change the complexion of, you know, you know, that way, you know, you took a couple hours before the mining event, I could go out and tag rocks. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, well, you know, once they get the Moby glass and the mapping, mm-hmm. we know that they they are bringing a, a marking system on the map so for maps so mm-hmm. well persistent uh, entity streaming is you know uh for as much as you know i know we're gonna chat about 317.3 and 318 uh i do i am hoping i am gonna retest all of that you know grabbing a, a delivery box you know all that stuff is gonna get retested when persistent entity streaming is a thing you know and trying to mark rocks with that stuff great cat buggies whatever you know well well I guess the only thing is it's they're, you know, they're like tier zero, like that, like they like to uh, place everything in that T zero range. And, and this, this iteration of uh, persistent entity streaming is going to be their tier zero. So yeah. uh, yes, you will have persistence. Yes. If you put a coffee cup on Lyria, that coffee cup will be there as long as you stay on the server. server. Yeah. It'll be there. Uh, if somehow you get kicked or log off and can't get back on that same server, well, it's still persisting there. It's just that, you know, you won't be able to see it because it's not there for you. <laughs> so. Well, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's actually, if there ever was a time when you're going to want to maybe, you know, get yourself into an organization or have a few buddies that you play with, uh, it's going to be those types of times. I mean, you know, that way, you know, if you happen to, to go into a you know server and if for whatever reason if you happen to get kicked out, you know you can find your way back into that same server, um, you know, and some of the some of that persistence would will, will help in that capacity. But we don't really, I mean, really until it actually come like we actually have the opportunity to mess around with it, we don't really know how it's going to work. <laughs> you know, well, we are just well, so, we are just kind of guessing at some level. I mean, based on what they yeah. said, it's it's an educated guess, but you know, it's, well, it'll be we interesting. We do. I mean, and, until server meshing and uh, replicate, you know, and the replication layer becomes, yeah. you know, uh, across all spectrums, then I mean, we do know that that's going to be the case. We just don't know. Uh, to what degree things like cargo, where they're going to go with cargo. And we still, you know, even right now, the, you know, your prediction with, um, with, uh, you know, a lot of the things that we feel like were, was going to kind of get, um, put on the back burner. Uh, I think the cargo refactor is <coughs> one of them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, they say, yes, I mean, it's coming, but, not what we thought it was. It, it, it's not going to be any different than what we have now. Is that maybe some of the cargo will still be physicalized and that, you know, you might be able to move it around. But we, you know, besides when the cargo gets loaded, 
I mean, we still kind of have physicalized cargo. I mean, if we go pick up a box of rocks and stick it in the cargo, it's going to persist until you log out. So, um, yeah, how much beyond that? We're not sure. You're exactly right. I mean, this, you know, they, they keep, you know, like Jared said in that one video, well, that's the cargo refactor when it was like the reclaimer boxes or, you know, even in this features gameplay, the last line says the EUPU uh, team began supporting their U.S. counterparts on the cargo refactors that approaches release. Here's the, you know, Zell and I always talk about like kind of this MVP minimum viable product type thing. And for instance, like, you know, even with the inventory system, you know, you don't have this like draw a box and drag a bunch of stuff and drop it or a fast way. I mean, if you've gone ROC mining and you have to kind of, you know, at the end of the night kind of do that, you know, do the the carpal tunnel dance to, to, to move those things around a little bit. It's gracious. Uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, I mean, if you, you realize how, in, in the most respectful sense, because we adore Star Citizen, but you clinically, you know, being clinical, not cynical, right? Uh, you do realize the shortcoming, for instance, of the, you know, of the inventory system. And so it looks like if there is going to be some kind of a cargo refactor, um, you know, it's going to, it's, it's not, it's not going to be, there's a, like certainly one of the minimum viable things I would think you would need as a snap to mechanic, meaning like if you fly down and you pick up some titanium and there's, you know, you buy some titanium, you walk outside and that titanium is sitting there on a pad and you've got to load it into your ship that there should be a mechanic. Like when you grab the box, it's a little, if it, there's a little bit of tug to it to break it away from the group. You know, and you could, you know, and there's a little bit of almost like a magnetic pull to it to snap down, you know, when, when you kind of get it close to the area, like it wants to snap down on top of that other box type of thing or in the spot. And that's probably not happening at all because we've seen no, no, no kind of snap to thing. So for me, then this, the next layer becomes, so when I buy that stuff, is it still going to be magic boxed into my inside of my ship? And then from there, can I take the, like the stacks apart? It's really going to be very interesting. I think they're, they've been very mum on it, you know, uh, the cargo refactor. And so I, you know, I definitely have felt like it's not going to be in there. But they've kind of alluded to the fact that it is. But it's probably going to be, like, incredibly vanilla. Well, yeah. It seemed like that was one of their premier features. And they talked about it a lot. Yep. And... And it seemed like in the past couple of months, the excitement has kind of waned well, it, a little. Bit. Well, it's, it's, it's crickets on it, you know. <laughs> and um, and then Salvage really got pushed to the fore because, honestly, the way the way they were promoted in the beginning, it was, ooh, the cargo refactor, and we have Salvage. Now it's, ooh, Salvage, and we got cargo refactor. Man. So, yeah, so... <laughs> It's uh, it's most definitely, uh, they they seem like, you know, one or two things they, you know, couldn't get enough people to work on it. Something came up, whatever, whatever the case may be. You know, I don't think it's ready for prime time. So, yeah, uh, and, and to me, the cargo, the, the the you know, last thing I'll say about the cargo refactor is that to me, it's like a fundamental gameplay shift, right? If you all of a sudden you buy that titanium. Um, you know, and it's, you know, like whatever it shows up like, a you know, like, a a vehicle just maybe 
pulls up and drops it off or how whatever they're going to do because it can't just magic poof magic poof, that's the whole thing about physicalized cargo magic poof goes away so how like if i buy you know like whatever uh you know seven uh, six hundred and ninety nine cu of uh of of titanium from bezdeck you know when i walk outside how is you know it can't magic poof if it does then you know, we're a little bit further back from cargo refactor as I imagined it. Number two, without some kind of a snap to mechanic, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult to kind of maybe grab that stuff and move it in. Now, you very well could have just like a free for all where you throw all the boxes in there or whatever, uh, and without yeah, a snap to, but that seems like that's kind of what we have now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's, you know, you start having. Jump Town flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, like, with all the raised boxes. Yeah, exactly. throwing, all those, throwing all those uh bells of space weed into, into your cargo hold as fast as you could. Oh, and that gave my OCD uh, a twitch when you know, it's like, ugh. You know, because I, li I like a nice, you know, organized industrial cargo run. Uh, yeah, uh, of course, you, you find out very quickly that if you didn't get a bunch of that shit on there quick enough, then uh, uh, you might run into trouble, so... Yeah, so anyways, you, you'd imagine piracy, though, right? That's the thing. You know, so you take the time, you load that stuff up, you get interdicted. They actually can then pull it off one at a time, you know, and, and steal some of it or however, you know, what, you know, that type of thing. And, and it, it, do, it does seem like they're hinting at some version of a cargo refactor, but it's probably not the version that I had in my head. But it's the same, like, I'm just trying to, to pivot back to the tier zero inventory, you know, a minimum viable product to me in that would be like a mass move as well. So uh, sometimes these things get put in just kind of the way that they are, and then they evolve over time. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what elements of the cargo refactor are in there. Um, and if you can, you know, if it kind of squares with what was, was in, was in, was what you were expecting, because I, for me, uh, the, the silence says a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I honestly feel, um, you know, I don't want to black pill everybody. I just feel like everybody should temper their expectations. Yeah, there's a, there's a good way to put it, exactly. When, uh, when, when it comes to things like that. Although, you know, the way I believe is it's really going to be cargo. They call it, you know, the cargo refat. It's the cargo groundwork. <laughs> uh, it's just, just going to be a name only, really it's not going to be exactly what they meant it was going to be. That's okay. And I feel like they're leaving it in. So they can say, well, you know, we, we added this part of it. Um, so they don't have to um, uh, omit anything going, Oh, well, we had to leave it out. Right. Because that, you know, that, you know, may upset a few folks. Um, but then again, you know, a lot of us, uh, when it comes to this game, have become more pragmatic about <laughs> expectations. Yeah. So, you know, if they say, hey, something came up and, you know, uh, it was a feature that, you know, w we had to have some engineers come in and fix back end stuff and we couldn't get certain things to work right. We didn't have enough time to uh, complete it. Uh, honestly, I believe probably that would be the better way to go. But then again, I don't know. You, 
everybody everybody knows exactly but they're like well then you shouldn't have been effing around with this that or the you know you're always going to get the argument one way or the other so well, it's, it, maybe, maybe it's just better to kind of like you know kind of let everything kind of slide as it goes so. and it's always easy to sit in this side of the chair you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. and, and, it's, it, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it's not lost on me. I mean, just recently we went to this, uh, I work in kind of DevOps or whatever, and we went to this, what's called a sprint, uh, you know, and anybody who's in development is going to be pretty familiar with what a sprint is. You know, we have a two week sprint and there are, you know, you have uh, these um, tasks that are in there that have, you know, an estimated amount of time that they take and you, you got to get, you know, you try to get all of the tasks done that are inside the sprint. And, you know, inevitably there are things that block some of them or, you know, you can't get all the information you need or you just can't get the solution you need in place in time. Uh, and the next thing, you know, it's funny how one of those things slide into the next sprint and then, you know, that kind of gets you over your skis for the next sprint. And I think we've seen some of that, you know, like I, you know, I'm not pretending to have any inside knowledge on on where, uh, you know, CIG is at. But we definitely know earlier this year there was the big split between, you know, kind of more assets going Towards Squadron Forty Two, um, you know, and that type of thing, and and we've, we, you know, we don't need to rehash that. But Zell and I've talked about kind of that slide we got into with Three Seventeen uh, being a little bit feeling like it maybe was pushed out a little bit because of Invictus, uh, and then some of the things that ended up having because of that maybe caused a, you know, you had the wipe, you had the Three Seventeen Two kind of being more late June as release, and then the pushback with it, you know. Um, I'm hoping to get PES into Evocati um, in August and then late September. And then here we are, boy, you hate to say, uh, you know, um, October 6th. And it's close is basically what they say. Uh, but 317.3 just got kind of put into the live. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's 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 easy from this side of the chair to be critical of 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 where things are at uh and i think you know as people who have been you know um you know invested in the game for a while it's it's you know i i will admit that sometimes uh you know more recently if in, in particular uh, some you know a hint of disillusionment you know occasionally gets gets into my own you know it gets into my own ecosystem with it a little bit. But for the most part, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think that things are, you know, super incredible. Uh, and I really, really, really am looking forward to uh, to seeing where we're headed with Pyro. Oh, yeah, most definitely. It's, I feel like we're in that situation where, <clears throat> yes, it is easy to be the armchair quarterback. <laughs> See, sure. The Monday morning quarterback, yeah. And, um, and pull the oh you should have done this or should have done that and and anybody that's you know worked in the fields that uh where you were a project manager and you know think things like that you understand uh that sometimes you know projects get delayed for whatever reason uh you know you try to meet those goals and hit those timelines uh but sometimes you know Things are unforeseen. You, uh, they, you know, yeah. The subs took a little bit longer than you suspected they would. They ran into problems. Uh, uh, you had shipping issues with materials and everything else. And uh, so, yeah, you, you, you know, the the problem is there's never absolutes. 
Oh, always, that's exactly right. It's always, you know, your prediction, your estimation, but you know, you you um, you never have certainty with things like that. So uh, these are things that we understand, but it, it's easy, and and a lot of us do to get into that emotional fold of of you know your expectations are like oh wow that's a bomber you know i or whatever the case may be so yeah there are there's you know i mean while that's a bummer you know is is definitely one way it gets handled <laughs> if you spend time on spectrum it's not a <laughs> yeah it, it's usually not wow it's a bummer it's wow it's bleep 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 right, bleep, yeah, bleep, it's, bleep it's, you, it's you, pretty yeah i mean bleep, people are pretty bleep, passionate bleep. about <laughs> some of that stuff and I understand that you have money invested and time invested and and that type of thing and 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 nobody wants to see things go faster than you know and 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 we've as Zell and I have said many times I mean you know you know in the most respectful sense Squadron Forty Two is not really my cup of tea I wish they dump all the resources into the PU you know that that oh, yeah. you know we, you know we've been on a, <laughs> we've, we've been on on a, a two part diatribe about that whole situation yeah, we've been down that road before so. Uh, but that, you know, yeah. So anyways, you know, the, it is interesting. I think, uh, a lot of the, um, a lot of the monthly report did have some, a lot of circling back to 318 stuff, you know, them getting ready for 318, them ramping up for 318. Um, and so it is, you know, uh, it's actually not that far away now, Zell. I mean, you know, if, if by their own words, I, I mean, I think we're, I think we're, six weeks maybe you know away from 318 at the most well it's if and i believe that they want to be at least uh ready for iae um it is most definitely knocking at your back door so uh, <laughs> yeah it's it it's coming it's fast and it's furious baby uh can they get enough testing done in in this time frame uh you know are they feeling a little bit more confident about you know at least in their internal testing feel a little bit more comfortable that they could probably pull it off uh you know things that we've mentioned in the you know in the past couple months now is um you know a lot of this stuff which you know kind of brings us to that 317 3b situation mm -hmm. of uh we're uh, we're just gonna have to be honest it was kind of a head scratcher for us where um we kind of figured that uh with a lot of these bugs and things that uh were you know very persistent if i can use that term again persistence <laughs> uh through all of 317 through every iteration of 317 uh they're like well you know a lot of this stuff is going to be fixed when we implement 318 because uh persistence is going to solve a lot of these bug problems and you know they're they had their engineers working a lot of stuff on the back end as well so right uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of these weird bugs that actually were in the engine uh, were going to be fixed as well. And 
we thought they were just going to let it ride, baby. It was like, let's let it ride. We'll fix it. You know, we'll fix we'll fix it on this next patch. Um, but for me, the you know three seventeen three situation was a bit of a head scratcher for me. It was like, well, are they also implementing some sort of framework for three eighteen in this? Uh, although we know that. Um, they had a huge list of bug fixes and things, you know, in this as well. Um, and then, you know, basically fixing some technical issues. So, yeah, I was, um, I was kind of taken aback about by this, that they were, um, implementing this first, right. especially when we're so close to, um, when they said they want to, you know, do the release for 318. You know, and the one thing I will say is um, now that it's kind of slid in there, three like it slid into live 317.3, it does seem like there was mostly bug, some probably some bug fixes. Um, you know, there was a couple of feature kind of what they call updates, uh, but the feature update really is they just slowed down ground vehicles. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a... Is that a feature update? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I tease. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, to me, it, you know, it's an alpha, right? I mean, if they're going to slow down some vehicles to see how they be. You know, they they may speed some things up. They may slow some things down. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit. It's one of the things in the citizen con panels. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, 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 I mean, that seems like part of that iteration of that. But you know. It wasn't a. It wasn't like a. It wasn't a database wipe. They just kind of slid it in. Like I didn't even lose my mining, my refining jobs. So to me, it ended up being where three seventeen three. It was a bit of a head scratcher. Uh, it's less of a head scratcher for me tonight than it was yesterday, just because I had the luxury of being able to install it tonight and just log in, and it was like I was still in my normal place that I was at. Uh, you know, I still had my refining jobs, you know, I still had everything. So it wasn't, it was, it, 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 there probably just was some, some fixes and some things they wanted to do, uh, in the background a little bit and, and maybe get some metrics on a few other things. So, you know, which is interesting too, if you read the patch notes for it, they basically said that <laughs> they, they left all that stuff up at the top. And, uh, when we saw it the other day, we were like, Oh crap. Sounds like. Sounds like a white. Yeah, they were wanting to do it. And, you know, and you look at it and it says database reset. Yes. Uh, Long-term persistence enabled. And you're starting UEC with 20 grand. I was like, you look at there, you're like, what? So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think um, it was kind of putting some stuff back in line, I guess, for, you know, the next, you know, for the month to come and, um and honestly, I think this ground vehicle situation is maybe kind of bringing things into a relative scale. You know, I, I know that things aren't supposed to be there for 318, but it, it just seems odd that they decide to slow everything down. I, uh, you're, I but, think you're probably right. I'm, I'm sure there are some parts of, you know, there's probably some, some prerequisites or something that they wanted to kind of sneak in there and see how they performed. You know, because the one thing about persistent entity streaming, they've been very, very careful about saying is you're not really going to see it, touch it, smell it, taste it. You know what I mean? It's just one of these things, right? It's just uh, it's it's like you said, you know, you set that glass down, 
um, and then you happen to log off of that server and somehow if you happen to log back on that server, uh, it's going to still be there or it's going to respawn when you log in there. Uh, yeah. You know, we don't exactly know how it's all going to play out. And they talked about you had nailed it when you said that there's going to be like this uh, item hierarchy, you know, which I thought, I don't know if you remember when you said it, there must, there, there oh, must, yeah, yeah. they must, there must going to somehow classify certain uh, items at, at a certain level. And then it was so funny. The next IS, uh, Star Citizen Live or whatever, they said there's going to be an item hierarchy. It's like, wow, so, so I kind of nailed that, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if, if you deal with, uh, you know, if you, yeah, I mean, if, if I mean, you what else would ever, you do? It makes okay. sense, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of a logical thing. Right. If you ever, you know, even if you've ever played a game before, you know that, um, for most games, you do have a certain persistence. After a while, the server will start cleaning itself up. So, um, you know, that's why they despawn mobs, <laughs> that type of thing. So, um, so yeah, anything that isn't relevant, like empty cups or um, uh, bottles or you know consumables that once you're, you you use them and throw them throw them down, then um, the server knows that, you know, you, you can definitely code the difference between a full bottle of water and a, and an empty bottle of sure. water. So, you know, the server is going to start despawning those items. I mean, it's, and, and really the only way to classify that is a hierarchy. So it's like, these things are all disposable and these things need to stay for an extended period of time. So, you know, one of the things I'm really looking for with persistent entity streaming, and I wish that there wasn't necessarily, you know, some ships go into a claim bug, but just being able to take one of your ships and actually, you know, put, you know, store the things in it, you know, have, have it be where every time you pull it out, it's going to have, you know, it's going to have those things in it that you want. You know, I, uh, you know, do you, you kind of, you know, you might have a plushie sitting somewhere or, you know, environmental suits and the environmental, you know, someday when you can have the environmental suits and the environmental suit case, you know, and that, you know, or the guns and the armory and that type of thing. And every time you pull the ship, it looks like that in the inside, you know, uh, it would be cool if they maybe like at some point you got to kind of save your claim, like, you know, like it's like, okay. This is in a state where, like, I've decked, I've decked my ship out exactly how I want it. You know what I so, mean? So, yeah, this is the loadout that I want. <laughs> With the stuff in it that I want. And then maybe it, it says, okay, well, you know, your average claim if this thing was empty would be, you know, cost this much. With the, the stuff that you put in it now, your claim's going to cost this much. Okay, I would have just... I want to upgrade my claim. I want it to look like that when I pull it out with that stuff in it. You know what I mean? I'm willing to... You know, I'm willing to pay. Now, it'd be one thing, you know, it's too, there's no way to delineate or you know, differentiate between, if you will, like if I absolutely, you know, I just kind of went to sleep one night and slammed into the the ground or if, you know, Star Citizen kind of did a Star citizen thing and killed me. You know what I mean? So I, you know, I, you know, it's one of those things, right? But I do, I, like I said, I do wish there was like this way to upgrade your kind of claim state, you know? That way, the persistent entity streaming would have some some merit to it in a way. Well, I think that'd be a quality of life thing. What I think we're is sort of like what we have in the in the real world with insurance companies. They'll you know they'll replace whatever the price of your vehicle was when you know you wrecked it or whatever the case may be. They don't 
it's like, well, I had all these custom, you know, things on my car. They're just going to give you the value of that. So yeah, they're, uh, yeah, they're, all that aftermarket stuff doesn't mean anything <laughs> to them. Yeah. But, you know, to kind of going back to, you know, what you said, you know, it was uh, funny that you mentioned that is uh, something I was going to bring up within that is that, um, you know, in the future, uh, these things will be a little bit more viable that you'll be able to uh, keep a lot more of your items on your ship and without fear of the, you know, uh, just with, uh, you know, the scenario that you just gave that, you know, you bellied out your ship on a planet or something. Uh, you know, we're going to have these different degrees of damage. We're not going to just, you know, explode uh, like we do now. You know, when you're when you bottom out a ship, you know, you're going to tear it up, but your ship's not just going to spontaneously blow up. It's it's not going to be like a 70s chase movie where, you know, the guy goes off a cliff and the shit goes up in flames. So. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I recall. Uh, so, you know, we're going to have, you know, these different damage states where if you do belly a ship out or crash it, uh, you know, it'll just be tore up and you know, at least uh, the majority of your ship will stay intact. <laughs> Whatever has to be repaired or fixed, uh, you know, we'll have to figure that out. But it, it does, you know, uh, give you the confidence to at least put um, in in the uh, armage, armor storage or weapon storage or, you know, things that you want to store in your ship. Uh, at least, you know, you feel like... <laughs> It's not going to be a waste because you're just going to go out there and crash in the shit and blow up. Um, you know, it, it's really going to be one of those situations where they're, you know, especially when you're dealing with claim situations and insurance, because you, you think about it, um, you're you're going to want these ships to be pretty daggum durable, even in you know even in a fight. Yep. Uh, so you got shot to crap. Um, you know, it, it should take a lot to blow the ship up. Yes. Um, you know, components are going to get damaged. Systems are going to shut down. Yeah. And your stuff's just going to stop working. There's so, going to be some things that are vile. I mean, but I mean, if you think about it, like what a ship is, I mean, a lot of it's husk and hull, you know, and yes, I understand. I mean, certainly there's a big difference between not having life support systems that can, you know, kind of feed into the vacuum of space, you know, you know, that type of thing, a big hole in your hull and the ship being absolutely just blown up. Like, you know, like you said, like a seventies chase scene, you know what I mean? Where, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, where it's just a massive explosion and everything's just in bits, you know, I, I definitely, I actually think it's going to be really cool you know, it's like if you've been in a really gnarly fight and maybe you maybe you're like, you know, five or six of you are fighting five or six other guys and you just got targeted early and you were in a really gnarly fight um, and and you got, you know, you got a couple of the nacelles blown off on your an Andromeda and that thing is just a husk. It's sitting there, but it's not blown up. It's just can't, you know, it's, it's just it's disabled, you know, and yes. then maybe, maybe your team wins that fight. And then you, you know, it's like the next thing that you're doing is, is going and grabbing your SRV and pulling that thing someplace where you can repair it, you know. Um, and then it shows battle damage, you know. It shows that you've kind of done that stuff until you choose to, like, maybe, you know, however you can reset it back to 
you know, clean or whatever the heck. But, you know, I really would love, you know, for the, you know, it's like, oh, that, you know, look at that brand new ship versus, wow, that guy's been flying that thing around for a while. And I know that I think, you know, I think they talk about that same thing. I mean, um, for whatever reason, one of my prospectors right now, even though I repair it, it's got like, it's like in battle damage mode. <laughs> like when I pull it out, it kind of has this, like the, it has this glow to it. You know, uh, I'll get on, you know, I'll get into it. And it's like the, the ladder looks rough. It looks like it's all charred. Uh, and I, and I repair it every time. It doesn't actually bother me. It actually is kind of cool. You know, as, well, as I get yeah, in there, it's just like, wow, yeah. it's just, it looks like I beat the hell out of this thing. <laughs> Mine that, every day because I do. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, things are definitely going to have, uh, and, and that's exactly right. I mean, it, it's the way it's supposed to be. Everything's right. going to have wear, wear to it. Like all the, you know, all the little micrometeors and fragments that were out in space is going to, you know, scratch your paint and, you know, scratch your, uh, you know, canopies and windshields and all that jazz. And, uh, you're, you know, you're going to see those little micro scratches and, um, and yeah, I mean, it's cool that it has the worn look, um, that, you know, you've actually, it's got a little character to yeah, it. I now. mean, if you want to, and I'll set mine really quick, Zell. And for some reason, like I just, I shear a rock, I blow a rock up in a, in a weird way. Somehow it doesn't, it just goes down the side of your prospector. It doesn't take anything out, but it just it rolls along the side, and it just makes this. It looks like like a like somebody came by with a giant key, you know. And key out. <laughs> uh, you know, it would be funny if two like two three weeks later you pulled the prospector and I look out. Oh, look, there's that. Remember that time I blew I blew that rock up and and, and keyed the side of you. You know, that's what I'm talking about. That kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that, that's you yeah, earn your battle stripes. You know what I mean? Type of thing. I, I you know? think, yeah, yeah. I think that's what they're trying to go for. Right. Um, you know, beside, you know, and, but I also do believe that you should have that, you know, like that three, 4% chance that, you know, during that battle or when, when you, uh, just didn't land, right. Well, maybe not that maybe, maybe now on, on, you know, that extreme, but you know, you, you were coming in too hot and you, you hit the surface of something uh, or you were in that dogfight, and you had that small percentage chance that you had a supercritical failure, <laughs> like it hit your reactor or sure. something, and uh, like the power dampeners went down, and you know your fuel exploded and blew half the side of your ship. You know, I do believe that there should be that tiny small percent chance that you do have that you know, critical failure that ends up in a catastrophic event. Sure. But, you know, for the most part, yes, I, I believe that, you know, when we wipe out, when we crash, I mean, besides, you know, just absolutely, um, like, totally getting mashed in between two asteroids, <laughs> something, you know, at high speed, uh, you know, I believe that your ship, you know, should survive um you know massive amounts of damage without just totally blowing up yeah and you're and, absolutely right there are probably sh- there are some components on your ship that should be volatile and if for some reason ballistic fire gets to those things or you know it, you, you like you said there's a percent chance that if this 
component gets, you know, gets hit, you know, right in the center of it, you know, or a bullet gets, you know, like, a, you know, something rips through the hull and gets into this thing, then it could be catastrophic. You know, I, I think that's, but, but on the whole, I think you and I agree that, you know, the kind of the, the damaged ship or the husk, you know, the inoperable kind of path of the ship or whatever, you know, it's, it's probably, oh, yeah. yeah, it's going to be probably how, how it's going to be. And, and, but I, but I agree with you. I don't think that, I don't think that there should never be, um, you know, uh, uh, an, you know, something where there should always be that, that small chance that you'd like, you hit somebody and they go up, you're like, what, <laughs> what the heck was that? You know? So, yep. You know, you just uh, happened to get into the right component and there was a chain reaction. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have that situation where you have, uh, you know, your version of Scotty on your ship and is, ah, Captain, we're seriously effed. <laughs> so, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, you know, so anyways, yeah, so so th we got this 317.3. It went to live. Uh, I did play a little tonight. It seemed, you know, fairly stable. I, you know, small sample size. I, I get it. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, Zal, I know you, you and I, we continue to scratch our head a little bit with, you know, with, um, with the logic of them needing by their own words, two or three months to test persistent entity streaming and that we find ourselves on October 6th now. And we know when, um, you know, IAE is coming out and that 318 is going to be out for IAE. So it's, man, they're, you know, it, there seems to be a lot kind of happening in this next, you know, six weeks or whatever. Uh, Citizen Con being one of those things, and we'll, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, that we are seeing that, you know, f f like, w you know, like I definitely, I was doing PTU testing in 317 when, when Invictus happened. And I, they, in my mind, even the day before Invictus, they were not putting 317 out. It wasn't stable. And they did. You know, you know, and so um, I definitely know now, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not going to put my, I'm not going to ever dream that they wouldn't again. They're going to put something out for, for, for that's 318-ish, you know, um, come IAE. And I'm, I'm fairly certain of that. And it probably will contain persistent entity streaming. But it will be interesting to see with the, how stable it is. That's one, of, you know, obviously that's, that's one caveat to it, how stable it is. But then. You know, just like we ran into like the mole bug, right? For instance, in three seventeen, and I know a lot of times I circle back to mining things because that's just my wheelhouse. I understand it more, and I understand there's other important bugs for everybody's gameplay loops or that's whatever. What we have a perspective on. It's right? what exactly. It's I, you know, I kind of something that we use a lot. Speaking to what I know, right? You know, um, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be some things in three eighteen uh, that are going to follow suit in that capacity. Some you know, idiosyncratic type things that go, are happening, uh, elevators not working in certain ships, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at you, Raft. <laughs> um, you know, other things like that that are going to continue to kind of, there's going to be a lot of that stuff in 318, and 318's coming pretty quick. Well, you know, we can hope that with a lot of their internal testing, <clears throat> uh, that some of these things are going to be a little bit more stable than we you know, than we think they're going to be. We hope we, you know, we hope it is truly. Um, it's kind of a, and you know, it's something that we talked about before. I think they're pretty um, hell bent right now on staying on schedule with, you know, into the, you know, end of the year. I don't disagree with that. So, it, and hey, I understand it. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm, you know, I, I do. I'm all about it. And, you know, as a phrase that we've used before, they're just kind of kicking the can down the road. Um, e even if they do release 318, you know, uh, on IAE, that, um, you know, they know that they can patch things along the way. So I believe that's the rationale with a lot of this. And, and truly, yeah, I mean, it is, it's their prerogative. Uh, you know, they've made no promises to people about, um, you know, it, the game's still in alpha, <laughs> you know, they didn't pro promise anybody of, um, this, this patch Not is going to be in, in a finished state. So, um, you know, like we said earlier before, you know, uh, temper expectations. So. Yeah, I think that's probably the right thing to do, temper expectations. Uh, I still honestly believe in my heart that there's a there's a wipe coming. Um, oh, uh, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, I don't think uh, that shouldn't be lost on anybody who listens to this. I think, uh, you know, you know, I'm still continuing to do a little mining, making a little bit of money. Um, you know, but I'm certainly not putting in the same level of, you know, if the, you know, if the game was, if the game was open or live or whatever, you know, I certainly not putting that level of commitment into it. Uh, and I encourage everybody, you know, to, to kind of follow suit in that capacity. Yeah. You know, pick or log choose. In, have, yep. Yeah. Log in, have fun. Yes. And, uh, you know, let, let, let it ride. Um, because, uh, you know, you have 318. Uh, you know, whatever they're deciding to do about 319. Uh, we're going to know more this weekend for sure. Um, you know, with CitizenCon uh, about, you know, a little bit, at least hopefully a little bit more about what their plans are going to be uh, for the end, you know, year end and uh, what, you know, what 4.0 and Pyro is going to look like. Yeah, yeah. that in-engine so, Pyro thing's going to be great. So, um, yeah, we, I mean, we can get into that a little bit right now, you know, talking about what, yeah. you know, what, what Citizen Con's. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that is, uh, you know, kind of one of the big elephants in the room is Citizen Con is right around the corner. You know, it is literally, uh, we're recording this Thursday night on the 6th. Uh, Citizen Con is happening on Saturday. Um, I believe it starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time um, and uh, is going to run through these particular panels. Now, you know, a lot of this is pre-recorded. I, I think maybe all of it's pre-recorded. I don't know if there's going to be too much, uh, too much um, kind of riffing, you know, uh, you know, going off the script, if you will. Um, but yeah, let's, you know, t just speaking to the panels, um, you know, the first one that they mention is this planetary pyro. Uh, join us for a guided and engine tour through many of the planets and moons of the upcoming Pyro system, exploring their current development status and why they're more than just burnt, charred husks that you may have read about. So I'm really looking forward to this in-engine look at Pyro. Um, you know, uh, and I think there was one, you know, we did see a couple of planets uh, last year. Uh, I, I'm hoping to see, a, you know, qu you know, quite a bit more this year. Um, and I am, I, I like the fact that they did an in-engine, Zell. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, they've been, you know, what was it, <clears throat> you know, back when we were going back and, uh, doing research, um, 
seems like the most most definitely the uh, past couple of uh, of uh, citizen cons, um, you know, it, it's been the road to pyro for a couple of years now. <laughs> so, yeah, and, no, it yeah, has. So, uh, I mean, I mean, I know that. Um, they've streamlined their pipelines a little bit more and they've had a lot of time to work on pyro e even even in the in-betweens so um yes I'm, I'm real curious to see um you know what they have to show us uh saturday to see if um yeah <laughs> i'm interested in the jump uh, gate you know I'm, like I'm like if there's anything like if they show us what the jumping looks like or the and I, I we've seen some of that stuff before but jump gate stuff i'm interested i'm certainly interested in ruin station as well you know um of course the different planets are going to be great different moons are going to be great um and then you know maybe we'll get lucky and they'll have a uh you know one of the like a solar flare type thing right um you know uh I'm pretty sure most of it's already done except for points of interest and, you know, maybe some, um, you know, uh, uh, little frontier outposts and things. But, um, yes, I too am very interested in see, uh, how they've come along with the jump gate. Um, because that, you know, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be a big staple, right? going in between these systems and you know the possibility of maybe taking the wrong branch and coming out somewhere else or um you know obviously not now but you know down the road yes but you know i, I definitely would like to see their this iteration of the jump gate uh, and, and seeing where they're at with a lot of that stuff uh you know i'm, I'm fairly confident that most of pyros is done and uh you know i can't wait to see what they have i think so. you're probably right i bet you most of the planets and all that stuff are done uh you're you're right points points of interest probably are not uh outposts are not um you know just kind of in using my imagination it's going to be very interesting to see like you know is it going to be you know is trade going to be more one way you know is it going to be kind of from you know bringing good you know a lot of food supplies and things from from staten into like some of those remote outposts or you know maybe are there going to be a couple of uh like just sketchy places but you can get you can pick up like a a big load of pyrite there and you know or whatever the heck they're going to have and and uh and, and then make your way back to stanton for some you know like a rare resource uh, I am very interested in, obviously, of course, mining and pyro, but you would really think that with the introduction of another system that there's these opportunities for trade on the industrial side that are going to be fantastic. Well, we hope so, at least. Yes. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to seeing uh, what they have in store for us as miners. We're going to see new materials. That is... Yeah, that is that is probably what you know at the top of my list are we going to start seeing new materials are we going to um, are, are there going to be you know different things that are viable to mine um, you know we don't like the idea that there's only you know well right now there's only one thing to mine <laughs> i mean if you're if yeah. you're just being i mean you can go mine the other things but why would you 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're if you're there to maximize profit, then you know you're you're not necessarily going to go and try to mine anything but quantanium. But uh, I mean, you don't you want know. you don't want to have five or six or seven guys standing out there, and then oh, you know at the you know after a three hour mining day, it's like here's your twenty five grand. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, that's well, just it's you know. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Even the most you know people who enjoy each other's company and that kind of a thing you know, uh, and like to spend time together, you know, that you still like to be as profitable as you possibly can. And that's why, like, you know, not to say, uh, you know, just to kind of support what you're saying, Zell, I mean, that's why we just quantanium mine. I mean, that's just what we do because, you know, the, the there's nothing in the ballpark that's even profitable, but there's no, you know, it's if we were trying to build a base and we needed aluminum or we needed inert or we needed corundum or we... Or if we're trying to build, a, you know, you know, you know, tune something and it required a resource, we'd go, man, I'd go mine anything any day of the week if, if something needed it. But the only thing we're really doing right now, it's, it's a bit of a, is, is, is making a little in-game money to buy some other things in the game. Yeah. Um, and for us, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, we'd be happy just passing the time, but, um, you know, as, as it relates to in-game things, yes, I mean, we're there to maximize the profit. And it'd be nice to have, you know, a couple of other things to actually, um, you know, go mine. Especially, you know, that kind of spreads us out a little bit. You yep. know, not everybody's looking for the same thing. Um, and, you know, it gives us opportunities to have um, a little bit more diversity when it comes to where we go, what we do, think, you know, how to look for it. Um, you know, you do have those times where things seem to be a little bit sparse in places, you know, you can go and it's kind of like fishing some days, you know, some days is good days, some days is bad days. That's true. Um, but you know, it'd be great to have a fallback on, ah, man, we can't, you know, we're not, we're not having a good day with quantanium. Let's go. Um, you know, let's go, let's go look for some Elysium or something or, you know, what, yeah, what, what exactly. I mean, you know, definitely in the mining loop. And I mean, you know, and I'm sure you and I are going to beat up a uh, salvage like crazy. I think, you know, uh, uh, yeah, as, as an alternative, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but you're absolutely right. I mean, um, having some, you know, having new things to do, like new things to mine and, and pyro, you know, will, would be a lot of fun, you know, and, and being able to, you know, to locate, you know, some other rare resources that are valuable, uh, that, you know, maybe are, you don't, you don't find them in the Stanton system. So they're, they're valuable, um, you know, and eventually introducing the expanses and doing some of the, you know, kind of having your own kind of centralized place where you're doing your own refining on hauling, you know, um, what, yeah. what an amazing night, you know, it's like, okay, what are you doing? Well, I'm, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be, um, on the expanse, um, you know, uh, okay, cool. What are you doing? Well, I, you know, I've, you know, we're your prospector team tonight, you know, uh, or we're your mole team. Uh, I'm scouting, I'm overwatch. Okay. I'm, I'm going to haul, uh, you know, I'm going to be on in the SRV or the three, one, five P that's going to kind of hang around the expanse and help kind of, you're just going to drop your bags and I'm just going to, you know, I'll do the tractor beam and I'm over. You know what I mean? And then you have this, okay, I'm, I'm the guy who's, you know, got the C2, who's, you're, you know, you're loading that stuff on and he's flying out of pyro and, you know, and, and, you know, whatever it is you're collecting that night. So, you know, I mean, you definitely can, you know, and, and of course, you know, 
whenever I'm going to, you know, kind of talk about any kind of an operation, it's always going to be industrial. So, you know, not, I understand there's not a lot of combat in that besides escorts and overwatch. Um, but you know, Hey, I mean, that's going to be a t tremendous amount of fun. You know what I mean? You, and you've got that kind of thing going on. You might have a refueling ship in the area, <laughs> you know, uh, you might have your expanse in the area. You have a command vessel in the area that's kind of, you know, um, you know, that's, you know, potentially it's got a, uh, um, you know, bad people can respond at if they happen to die. You know, there's that deep space. You know, we've talked about that many times. You know, that deep space forward operating base. You know, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we we hope that we're going to see things like that where, yeah. um, you know, that, that's another thing that we really, you know, honestly, that we really kind of get into is logistics. It's, Truly, uh, yes, absolutely. That's a big I mean, part of the industrial we, game base. Yeah, think about it. I mean, we we really <laughs> we really get off on the idea of logistics. We that, that's all we talk about, really. So, um, actually, you know, putting that into a practical application where we actually have to, you know, start planning and thinking about how we're going to get you know further into the system, or you know, are we going to have the you know uh, the resources to uh, uh, you know, refuel, repair, and, you know, it'd be great to see the expanse sometime, you know, pretty quick. So, yeah. uh, you know, we can start refining, uh, all the material out there. Um, and then, you know, also, um, keeping our eyes, <laughs> eyes out for the bad guys, you know? So, um, you know, I mean, yeah, we've talked about, griefers and things like that and yeah we, we we think those guys suck but you know we we also uh kind of get a a charge out of that risk reward yes so <laughs> that's you know. that's exactly right and i mean you know and that logistics has to plan for that stuff you know you plan for you have to have contingencies for you know for for bad situations you know what i mean so so, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, you know, so funny. We start talking about the, the, the planet, you know, of course, just the, the panel. But, but, man, once Pyro gets, you know, once it gets into the ecosystem of the conversation, <laughs> you know, it's it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. The road to Pyro is important. I mean, you've talked about how it's been a couple of years. The road Expanding, you know, having a second, you know, system to go into um, and to do all the things that you can do in Star Citizen is it's going to, it's going to be a huge, it's going to, that's going to be one of the funnest, you know, even though it's going to be still in alpha uh, and, and, and maybe, you know, it's a year from down the road or, you know, who, who knows uh, that day when you're first kind of jumping into, you know, to hitting that jump gate and heading the pyro. Uh, it's going to be, that's going to be a fun day. Holy mackerel. Well, yeah, you know, it, it's, you know, that's, that's why we're going to, be glued to this on Saturday is, is, uh, seen as this goes because, you know, this has implications for other things as well. Yes. Uh, you know, because, you know, we've been told that, you know, once pyro gets out, man, you know, Nick's <clears throat> in too far behind. Uh, I would say, you know, Nick's is going to be released, you know, summer, 23 so now well, you heard it here wow summer 23 wow that would be great uh 
so yeah you know uh yeah this is uh is definitely something to keep you know keep your ear to absolutely all right, so moving on, you know, just because we'll talk pyro in the hall tonight if we're not careful. Um, you know, so the next panel that is happening for Citizen is Design Brief uh, Investigation. And this is just, it looks like a new mission type. It says, explore the pitch process for a new mission archetype that leaves combat and delivery behind for mindful deduction and increased storytelling. And this kind of, you made, a, you and I talked about this before, and you made a really good analogy how, like, you know, in World of Warcraft or some of these MMOs or whatever, there's the get three wolf hides or whatever, you know, those, that's kind of what we have now in a way. It's just like, you know, do this or do that. But this is going to be more of like the epic quest type thing, you know, where, or there's like a more story driven, you know, one that's got like, you know, it's like a chain, it's like chained together. You know what I mean? No, where there's, yeah, you know, it's like mini, you know, it's like a mini part mission. It's, Right, it's, it's a, a story you know, type thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. You got to follow the story. Yeah, and uh, you know, I feel like that's it, it's great. It's you know, it gets the storytelling team, you know, to be able to write uh, some really fun and cool quests that uh, are you know more than you know just go collect the bounty for five of these bad guys. Um, you know, this is definitely um, going to be great. So, you know, if this is going to be the, some of their first iterations for a lot of this and you get to see like narrative gameplay and, you know, that's, that's, a you know, that's a lot more fun. And, you know, I even um, heard them talking about a little while ago about having these, you know, story driven missions like this that uh also have multiple outcomes at at the end of the story so um you know choosing different you know different directions and things uh, changes the outcome of the outcome of the mission so um you know I'm, I'm interested to see what they say about that too because i'm i'm all about um having more, consequences yeah have, having more expansive mission types uh than you know just go here, look for this guy, uh, or, you know, shoot five bad guys. So, yeah, it, it's going to be able to have these, the storytelling guys to kind of flex a little bit. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in that panel. You know, and this is, yes, and, and, and this would, you'd have to believe there's got to be a direct tie-in from Squadron 42 in this particular case. I mean, that's kind of what it's, you know, that, that part of it's going to be very, you know, kind of story driven. Well, so, you know, like, it's also, yeah, it's also beneficial for those, you know, we know that there's going to be three parts to squadron 42. It's also beneficial for them to, um, you know, get more experience writing, writing different mission scenarios. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, having them implement that into the PU is, uh, you know, just going to, uh, you know, add more, uh, you know, add more to the game, more flavor, uh, you know, definitely not your same old, you go down to the bunker type missions. No, things. I mean, I would really like to see some like uh, ambassador type things. Like, you know, you're trying to maybe, you know, kind exactly. of smooth over relations with the Xeon or whatever, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, that kind of absolutely. stuff. Uh, you know, actually, you know, 
spreading those you know those narrative uh out to a little bit further because we definitely know that you know in the future a lot of this stuff is going to be uh reputation driven with just about everything that you do in the game yeah. so um a lot of you know getting um getting some of these missions out like this is is that step forward uh to doing these missions for um you know these different factions to gain you know to gain these type of rep and you know I, i'm looking forward to some you know really fun cool gameplay where you, you know th these things are pretty expansive it's like you know you have to do a little deductive you know it, you know talking about you know they they were talking about uh um you know adding that mindful deduction or you know using that deductive reasoning and and you know i hope it isn't one of those those missions that where they hold your hand and point you in that direction and follow that waypoint you know i hate those man it's like i feel like you really want to read the mission and figure out how to do these things yeah so. i mean i don't disagree with that either i think that you know you know i don't necessarily always need a waypoint or like a, a lot like some kind of a magic line to run along you know um you know i i agree with you 100 percent, especially um in the in the giant sandbox that is a star citizen uh, you know, let, be okay with just having some discovery. You don't. Ha everything doesn't have to be on a rail. You know, it, it, cer certainly introduce people to like some of the complexities of your mission types with you know with some kind of uh, you know keep you have have some missions that are on rails so people kind of get the idea like oh I didn't even realize this could be a thing you know type of thing or whatever. Exactly. But have some guidelines or whatever, but but eventually kind of. Really, you know, there's a lot of opportunity. There's, you know, you have alien technologies and alien, uh, you know, there's all sorts of different uh, races. And, uh, you know, there's obviously the vastness of space and, you know, and then and then you got all sorts of the caves. There's so much stuff to do. You know what I mean? That that you could potentially put it put into to something like that. So I think that uh, um, I definitely think that the story driven quests, you know, are, are going to be. Just an important part of, like you said, the faction system uh, going forward and, and just in general. So moving on, we have the new Underground, which is, you know, I've thought about this one a lot. Um, uh, it says, when corporations, commerce, and caverns collide, take your first look at the enormous reimagining of Underground facilities and the new gameplay possibilities that will arrive with them. Um... And one of the things that comes to mind right off the bat is something you said, Zell, a couple of weeks ago, where um, underground could definitely mean inside giant asteroids in space. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, well, I mean, you know, that is definitely something that they talked about. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we also, what's also too is, you know, having the ability to, to actually build those, uh, build those uh, asteroid bases ourselves type thing. But <clears throat> we know that, uh, you know, something that we had talked about before is, you know, especially when you're dealing with these new underground facilities, I think uh, they're definitely um, going to add a little bit more variety to, 
um, you know, not not your you know not your same old bunker mission, and um, you know, hopefully these uh, these new underground facilities are going to be a little bit more cavernous and vast. And I mean, one of the most natural ways to kind of get away from elemental, you know, uh, you know, the the extremes of the environment yep. is to go below the ground. So you know, it's 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 actually a fair, it's an inexpensive way potentially to avoid, you know, you know, catastrophic situations. So you know, maybe is it one of those things? Also, you know, it's like where they where they're saying, you know, the uh, corporations, commerce, and caverns collide. Are they going to start? you know, adding these facilities, you know, you have to follow these caves down, you know, they're going to be inside the cave. So you're going to have these big, fast facilities inside these caves where uh, it becomes, you know, a little bit more uh, mazy or labyrinth type thing where you kind of have to find your way inside these, uh, these big facilities. You know, if you're, if you're doing a mission, you have to find, you know, X bad guy, but, you know, have this, um, have it be kind of a procedural generation of where the bad guy is going to spawn. He may be, you know, somewhere way deep into the facility and you have to go find that guy, fight your way to that guy or whatever. And, yeah. You know, that, you know, that that's going to be pretty awesome. And, you know, something else that we kind of talked about too, and, um, is, uh, we definitely, uh, would like to see when, uh, these NPCs need reinforcement that, uh, um, you know, they, they actually have to come down into the facility um, from being dropped off or whatever the case may be. It's not, I mean, we know that a lot of these placeholder things like these spawn closets and, and, and you know, different things that we see in uh, bunkers now, uh, you know, kind of get away from that and, and, give give these give these missions and give these uh a uh, lot of the stuff inside these environments a little bit more fidelity where and uh, you know I, I know that's kind of like what they're working toward but uh we we definitely would like to see way more variety than um you know what we have now with just the basic bunker mission and sorry if i made you lose your train of thought on that no, not at all. I mean, quite honestly, like uh, the, the last thing I want to say is I could imagine some very huge underground mining facilities, you know, that type of thing, um, you, yeah, know, that'd be great. you know, and, and, you know, where you, where you're you know, able to pick up, you know, you know, you know, you imagine on in Nick's or whatever, you know, kind of, kind of landing on a pad and having it kind of sink down, you know, just kind of below the, the planet surface and, and, uh, you know, that type of thing and just, you know, loading up your cargo and off you go, you know. So I definitely uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, to, to seeing what, the, you know, seeing what they're going to do there for sure. So the next panel is, uh, you know, and we alluded to this in the 317.3 thing, uh, is how speed impacts combat. Um, but they say we all know how speed impacts combat. Uh, you know, um but now learn how master modes, which uh, uh, initially developed for Squadron 42, will impact the flight experience for the Persistent Universe and define, and define better ship roles for all vehicles in Star Citizen. So you and I talked about this a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, we've seen that retune with the ground vehicles uh, in 317, uh, you know, 3, um, 
type of thing. Uh, but there's more to there's a little bit more going on here than than we realized, I think. And um, and I know that I've heard them say that they want to slow combat down a little bit. So it seems like there's going to be uh, a, a big reimagining of the of the way ships are going to move, ground vehicles are going to move, the speed at which they move. Um, you know, and, and obviously some things they developed in kind of the single player game, they're going to try and push over into the persistent universe. Well, you know, we all know that speed is relative. It's, it's, you know, how, how we decide to measure it. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's definitely one of those things where they, you know, definitely have said that they're going to slow down, um, you know, dogfighting. And, you know, we're still, you know, it's one of the things. Are they slowing the game down? Are they, you know, are they making relative speed? Are they going to make engagements, you know, how how they're going to slow engagement speeds down? It's kind of like one of the things where, you know, if, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, arbitrary, you know, like if you just think of an arbitrary speed, if if they're wanting dogfight, to happen at a like you know 500 meters a second or whatever right um you know how is that going to change you know the rest of the game uh as it relates to speed you know so you know take for instance your uh your arrow you know and it goes at you know 1200 you know it flat out it goes at you know, almost 1200 meters a second, right? Uh, so when you slow that down to come into the, um, you know, at that dogfighting speed of, you know, that number I just said, you know, it's like 500 meters a second. Right. You know, you're, half, you know, you're more than half in your speed because uh, a lot of times now, you know, you see a lot of these, you know, a lot of this jousting happen at, at top speed. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. At top speed. And, um, you know, they definitely uh, had said they want, you know, dogfighting to be a little bit more strategic, a little, uh, a little bit more thought out. Um, And, you know, are they going to tune the weapons in such a way where, you know, they'll only hit at certain speeds and or whatever the case may be, because like I said, speed is relative. Uh, you know, if you wanted to disengage uh, and, you know, you know, move flat out, uh, you know, hit the boost and, you know, get out of Dodge, you know, is that going to be any different than it is now? Is, you know, the flight characteristics of all other ships, is it going to be any different than it is now? You know, if, uh, you know, would you know the difference you know, besides what you see on your on your screen, you know, if you're going at twelve hundred, is it going to look like? <laughs> is it going to look like you're moving any slower than you used to? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, is it going to be kind of like the power triangle? You know, like weapons, engine, shields. You know, these master modes. Are you going to be kind of slipping in and out of them to try and you know to try and maximize things? You know, or it's going to be? I think it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure because they do say the need for multiple speeds. So it's just yeah. going to be interesting to see how they aggregate it, what you know, what what they're basing that logic on, um, and then you know what their demonstrations, you know, like 
if they have like like you like you made a perfect point and you know how you get these you know two arrows that going 1200 miles an hour jousting at each other you know 1200 kilometers a second or whatever the heck jousting with each other uh is 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 certainly one kind of of air combat you know what i mean but obviously if if you slow things down and they maybe maybe you're absolutely right maybe they have some kind of a the weapons are tuned to, for particular speeds or they're more accurate at particular speeds. You know, who knows exactly what they're up to, but it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, what they're up to there and, and, you know, and, you know, and what's going to constitute, you know, what, what are the lines of you know, demarcation between, you know, you know, combat and non-combat and, and what other areas that they're, they've got different, you know, kind of a, you know, different speed settings for well yeah you know i think pretty much and of course, of course we'll know a little bit more about it saturday but you know I, I think uh what they've probably tuned is the effective ranges of things um and uh how well you know you'll be able to fight at these slower speeds. So everybody's going to have to slow, slow things down a little bit more. Um, or it could be, you know, it's like you go into these engagements and you get locked into it, you know, you get locked into this, this, um, you know, certain speed types. You know, I don't think that's the case, but, uh, um, where everybody's moving at these same speeds, so everybody it's kind of that equal playing field. <laughs> but no, I don't think that's the case, you know, obviously. But uh, it'll so, just be yeah, interesting I, to see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, like I said, you know, things are relative, and you really wouldn't know how fast you're going until you know you you had something to measure that speed by. So yeah, that's a at, very good point. You know, you're looking at your speedometer, and you're like, oh, well, uh, I'm moving at twelve hundred. But, you know, you're, you're definitely, you're definitely going to know, uh, you'll, you'll have that feeling if you're moving slower or not. It's like, it says I'm moving at 1200, but it feels like I'm crawling. So, you know. Well, and I've definitely in space a few times, uh, more than a few times, I see like a, you know, a couple kilometers away, I see another ship and he's just kind of sitting there. Maybe it was like before, before we're going to go do something or whatever, we're rallying at a spot and it blow it stuns me how fast i get to that person you know it's like whoa yeah. hey you know like, yeah i mean and and that's really for me and you know for us things like that you know that are not you know so combat driven is but we do like that sense of speed when it comes to uh, we do. being an out of the world and we <laughs> we don't want the feeling of mo moving slower no, uh, Star Citizen definitely has more of a air combat feel in space than, say, an Expanse. Like when you think about how you know they've got to roll and burn, or what, you know what I mean. Yeah, and you know, honestly, it's that you know we're, we're not getting a we're not getting a virtual sim situation. You know, right. To have that fun gameplay you know something we talked about before to have that fun gameplay you're gonna have to kind of split the difference between them to where where you get the feeling of fun because uh, you're you're wanting more of that uh you know star wars uh you know because when everybody thinks of you know dog fighting in space the first thing they think of is star wars right with wings and tie fighters um uh, and 
you know, having those type of flight characteristics, that's what makes it fun. The, the, you know, the, uh, you know, playing asteroids or whatever, when you, when you get cruising, when you get cruising across the, across the screen, you know, you just kind of flip around, you stay at the same momentum in the same direction. Right. So, um, yes, star citizen does have, have a, have a bit of that, but it also has more of a, what, what you would, you know, in reality, what would be more of a, you know, in atmosphere flight characteristics. So. Yes. I think, I think it's, that's a excellent way to say it. It's, you know, even in space, there's a, there's some in atmosphere flight characteristics to it. Like, you know, that are very star citizen-y. <laughs> you know? yeah, I mean, yes, you can, you can decouple and, and right. be that, you know, be that moving momentum in space where you can spin around and, you know, be, you know, be moving with that same momentum in a particular direction, but, you know, be spinning around and shooting and stuff like that. And, you know, to be honest, <clears throat> when, um, when the only thing you could do is go into arena commander, I, you know, that's, you know, that, you know, that was their first iteration of, uh, of the combat characteristics for ships. So I got used to flying like that, <laughs> you know, I'd get moving in a direction and, you know, those van dual fighters would be coming at me and I'd just spin around and be, you know, firing at them while they were coming at me type of type of yeah. gameplay. And, and you see that used. like, yeah, like Battlestar Galactica is another one that comes to mind, you know, like, a, oh, like yeah, that newer yeah. version of that, how they, they definitely have use that inertia, you know, uh, or that decoupled mode type thing yeah. to kind of, you know, carry, you know, you carry through and you, you know, you're where, where you're firing is not necessarily the way you're headed. Oh yeah. Where in Star Citizen is much more that way. Now I understand people fly decoupled, but for the most part, it is you're you're usually shooting more what where you're facing, you know, not necessarily you know spinning and and doing some of those things like the Rosinade or whatever the heck it's called in these bands, you know. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, that's a. I mean, and it's good. Anyways, there's there's lots of different speeds. It looks like, and there's there. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how that gets handled because I really. Kind of that that one's a bit of a mystery to me. So the next panel is interesting. It's Lorville Redu. You know, uh, they basically are. We've come a long way since our first planetary landing zone. Uh, you'll get a first glimpse at how everything we've learned since then is being reapplied to this walled, polluted city. So we, they've talked about having this. You know, redoing Lorville, and um, and I'm sure that they've picked up a few things since Area 18, New Babbage, uh, and Orison. Um, you know, I'm sure that there's lots of little things, tricks that they learned, and it does seem like Lorville's going to get a facelift. And an expanse, uh, <clears throat> where they're going to expand out, you know, that is definitely something that they're going to be working on the outside of the wall, uh, because, you know, we know that there's settlements outside of the wall, and we're going to be, um, you know, they've already mentioned about a lot of missions and things that we're going to have outside of the wall. You know, we know they're, uh, I can't think of the name of them right now, but those kind of face-hugging, floating little critters that are supposed to be out there in those, uh, out in those big garbage piles outside of Lorville. So um, <clears throat> we know that, you know, it's going to be a pretty extensive wall that goes around the, the city proper. And... 
you know, at some point we're we're definitely going to see them expanding every one of these cities out, you know, area team things like that and um you know with uh, which you know, they have plenty of space when it comes to a lot of that stuff where we're going to be able to explore a lot more, you know, you know, I think Lorville's probably going to be one of the first of their new generation type, you know, cityscapes where uh, they're going to start, you know, kind of building more out and uh, where you're going to be able to uh, interact with a lot more of the city than you do right now. Um, you know, which also kind of brings this point up <clears throat> is that when, you know, it kind of goes back to the cargo factor as well, but because this also kind of comes in the part and parcel of, uh, you know, having, um, you know, personalized hangers. Oh, yeah. You know, I think, you know, the first iteration of the personalized hangers are definitely going to be um, instanced. So, you know, you go in and go, hey, I'm going to go to my personalized hanger. And everybody goes to an instance version of whatever their hanger is. Um you know, I know that they're going to want to, you know, have, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, habitation in these cities as well. Yep. Uh, where, you know, they're going to, you know, actually start having physical addresses in these apartments and things where, you know, you, you know, you get, um, you know, you get, um, you know, 1036B uh Redmond and you're you're up you're on the 10th floor of this building or whatever and uh so you know it's it's going to be you know it's so easy for them to add habitation to a lot of these you know cuz a lot of these buildings in like area 18 in Lorville are like skyscrapers and uh you can put a lot of lot of folks in those as, as habitation goes and uh, but they they definitely have the the space to have um, literally personalized. You know, everybody gets a hanger. <laughs> so, well, you know, if your home planet is Lorville, then you know your hanger is <clears throat> you know way way over there or whatever. Like you, you know, if you had your pick of of any of the the major landing zones to kind of build, you know, let's say you, you could have a hab. Where where would it be? <laughs> Just curious. Oh, any any uh, any of the the major landing zones, yeah. City, uh, uh, you know, honestly, we, you know, we always go to Area Eighteen just because of its proximity, um, and it, it definitely has that. Of all the of all the cities, it has that cyberpunk feel to yes. it. Um, it, it's just that right amount of gritty, dirty, futuristic, uh, but you know, definitely has lots the, of neon and flash. Yeah, has that you know, has that nouveau feel to it, yeah. But, um, Microtech or Orson are probably, um, 
you know, I like Orson as, as, you know, for what it is. I don't like the idea of going to Orson because it's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'd go to Orson know, a lot more if it was easier to get to. You know, that, that's the meme, right? It's like, yes. I like Orson. I just don't like going to Orson. Yeah, no, uh, that's ever, I, I've never heard anybody say, you know, well, it's great. It's, you know, everybody's like, mm, come on. <laughs> this, is, this is a little, it's, it's a little bit of a drive to get down here. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. And and I say this and people, you know, I, you know, maybe some people kind of understand, but to me, it, it just, it, it gives me like a Miami vibe. <laughs> I kind of dig it for that reason. Um, but I also, I'm kind of that weirdo. I also like snowy scapes too. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely like the frozen landscape of Microtech. But, you know, I also like um, the really clean, uh, futuristic look of Microtech. But more organically, I probably dig Orison probably more. Orison's uh, got very pretty hues. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, I, you know, we're the guys who, you know, like you make elevator rides <laughs> shorter and we're like, hey... Yeah, I mean, don't mess with yeah, my immersion, but but still, I, I'm still the same guy. Like that Orison ride down, man. That is that's a long, it's a long haul, man. You know? Oh yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, I still can't. You know, I hope I hope that gets sorted out. I, I just can't get over that elevator situation, right? So, so I think you know, I know this is going to be weird because you you know, I, I certainly haven't seen the biome that is perfect for me yet. But I suppose if I had to pick, I I think I might pick Area 18, just for yeah. the fact that it does have that cyberpunk. You know that that's it, like when I go to Area 18, uh, it's like that's how I see that's how I envision future cities. You know, like, like I'll, there's a there's they've done a very good job with it. You know what I mean? It's well, it, it's cool. I tell you, as as it relates to nostalgia goes, it, it definitely gives me that that 80s sci-fi vibe yes exactly and I, I like it for you know you know I, as i was stating in the beginning I, I do like it for that reason um but you know I, I i like the other ones for other reasons as well absolutely no i think they're you know Lorville's the only place that seems oppressive to me i'm like i don't know yes, I, I don't know it, yeah, it's definitely too uh, too gritty for me. <laughs> I mean, Lauraville, it just seems like, honestly, the only people having fun there are the Hurstons. <laughs> you know, it's the rest sure. of Everybody uh, else is there is having a, is not having a great go of it. Well, no, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not the one for garbage bags being everywhere, that mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, I could just see everybody so, having a, one of those, like, Dune-style heart plugs, <laughs> you know, in Lauraville. You know, it's just, ah. Uh, yeah, and it's like not the Hurston, it's the Harkonnen, so. um Yeah, you know, I'm with you. I haven't found, you know, we we haven't run into the perfect place yet. So, no. um, but yeah, you know, I, uh, um, you know, I don't think we're gonna get a uh, Star Citizen city that looks like an Irish pub. So I, I guess I'm gonna be stuck with what i get right so, yeah because uh th that the the millionaires club does not look like an irish pub up there yeah <laughs> it's like something different but so yeah the next panel man a very important one i think you and i have talked 
Uh, you know, there's a couple of that really are head turners. This one is going to be a head turner for me. It's the power play. It's uh, how the upcoming resource management system will change life in the verse as we know it. Uh, from combat to player homesteading and allow for true multi-crew gameplay. So, you know, we, you know, we've talked about kind of these, uh, uh, you know, and, and when it comes to homesteading, like, I just love the idea of having to set up, you know, some kind of a remote um, power generation system. You know, if it's maybe it's a wind generator, maybe it's a solar generator, um, you know, type of thing. And then maybe having the run lines to have that hook up to my hab, um, you know, and uh, and that and then kind of extend, you know, and that's just the power lines. Right. You know, just, but just kind of, you know, then being able to kind of, you know, turn on life support and that type of thing and, you know, or climate controls or that type of thing. You know, I, you know, resource management, it's going to, you know, across the shipping, you know, um, you know, across across homesteading, across combat, you know, you, you know, it, it goes into that whole you know, concept of, you you know, we talked about earlier how your ship's damaged. It might be floating there because your power plant's been hit and you're, you know, it's kind of like that um, Han Solo Chewbacca moment where you're, you know, in the back of the ship trying to get the other, <laughs> how to try to get the other power plant in there as quick as possible to get the shields back up. You know, right. yeah, Sin Art 2 out there, right? So. Exactly uh, right. Yeah, power management, resource management. Yeah, yeah, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, we're really going to be uh, listening closely to is, uh, um, you know, for the most part to see, you know, because we're talking about homesteading. Is, is it that bit that they were, you know, referring to where, you know, however it worked out, you know, we saw that in Inside Star Citizen where they were kind of taking over that uh um, that landing zone, uh, you know, pre kind of a pre-built landing zone mm. or, you know, are they going into, um, you know, actually homesteading base building, you know, are they going to, you know, these are something, you know, the very, this is something that is going to be very interesting to listen to is, is, are they going to, you know, bring up base building in the, in this particular uh, panel? Yep because you know and if so you know talking about the complexities of you know what what is it going to take to actually build a base you know so all, all the different you know all the different plant you know all the you know the power plants you got to build and you know the uh the power management systems you know like you're saying running the cables and you know for me you know, I'm, I'm all about the complexity. So the more complex, you know, the happier I'll be, um, you know, because I'm still, <laughs> um, and, and, and if that's the case, if we're 3D printing bases, I mean, that, that's fine and dandy. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely would like to know a little bit more about it. I mean, we've heard several different things over the years, you know, where, you know, will you be able to, it's like, well, you know, e even if we had to use the pioneer to, you know, 3D print walls or whatever the case may be is, would you be able to take those walls and, you know, plate, put them together and, you know, snap all this stuff together um, 
and, and truly build your base instead of saying, hey, I would like that design and whatever, and it just pops a big base out and you plop it down, which, hey, that's okay too. Uh, something that we, you know, did in Star Wars Galaxies, you know, as soon as you uh, crafted, um, you know, whatever size house you craft and, you know, you get that placement screen, you know, is it on the, you know, is it uh, fitting to the terrain just properly? You know, you got red over here and then you get that, get that green. Okay. Boop, and you plop the place down. Yep. So, um, you know, and that that's fine, but, you know, I definitely like, would like a little bit more um, control over the type of base I build. And yeah. So, you oh, know, I'm well, interested you know, in the seeing what they, what they say about, you this. know, and I mean, listen, I think uh, there's something to be said for, you know, for being able to, if you're like, if you're going to try and infiltrate a place, you take the, you know, knock the power offline or, you know, uh, that type of thing too. I mean, you know, there's different, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want these security cameras on. So, you know, you, you know, you knock the power out of a place. So it's going to be interesting to see like how interconnected all this stuff's going to be or not, you know, like you said, it might be just, you know, they don't, it's not as, there's not an, it, it's not as robust or as interconnected as we, we thought. I think it's, it's going to be a nice look at that stuff though, you know, yeah. um, you know, in, in the panel. Like where you, where we saw in, inside Star Citizen, they were talking about, oh, well, you know, you got to go out and maintain the, you know, the, this power plant and things like that. But it was, it was like a already pre-built location. Right. That was there and you happen to you know take over take the place over and i mean you and i are all about you know having a home you know like you know having some kind of remote homestead where you know it's a little self-reliance or whatever is yeah you know. we you know we want to be able to build our base we want to take our our gray you know our gray cat uh um you know land land claim device and and go out there and stake our you know eight by eight you know, eight by eight K plot of land somewhere. So, oh man, that's going to be awesome. Uh, and you know what? Uh, obviously, the last panel is, of course, right up our alley. Uh, it is Talking Ships 2952, our annual presentation uh, from the ship teams, discovered the latest vehicles throughout the pipeline from concept to newly flyable and a new twist to this year's uh, voting on a new ship to come. So, uh, that's going to be really interesting. Obviously, uh, uh, you, you know, John Crew is Ben Curtis. You know, you know, those are names that should be pretty familiar with when it comes to ship stuff. Um, I will tell you that uh, I am interested in because we obviously know what you know, the Corsair is coming. Uh, we certainly know the Vultures coming. Um, we don't know. I mean, there's some other things in Gray Box too, like the SRVs in Gray Box. I think. Um, but we really don't know kind of what the next wave of ships are going to be, do we, though? You know, there was a lot of those unannounced <laughs> vehicles that, um, and, you know, we, we, you know, I don't think it's a big secret. You know, what we surmise is it was four, they completed four unknowns. And those are going to be the choices that they give us, you know, because they're saying, hey, we're going to add the new twist. Of course, we don't know what that twist is, but it'll be it'll be a choice between, you know, these different vehicles that they've been working on uh, behind the scenes, the unannounced vehicles. Right. Because 
you know, we, we saw that in the uh, monthly report that they all passed final review. Uh, another thing that we know is definitely going to um, uh, definitely be, and, and, and also uh, these will be ships that, uh, you know, however they decide to, you know, to do the uh, voting process or whatever the twist is, you know, for the, uh, for these new ships that they're going to be available at IAE most definitely. And, um, but you know, the whole sea was also in there too with the polish pass. So yeah, gonna... it's getting a polish pass. So, you know, and of course the whole seas just got an astronomical, it's like what, 47, 80 or something. Like, it's like, it's like the next, uh, it's like exponentially, you know, 699 is the biggest SCU hauler. And that thing's, I thought it says, I thought it was like 4,700 or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, what on earth? I mean, you're not you're pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, you know, whether we see, um, well, you know, if, you know, from what we've seen here with the, the SRV, you know, they say that it, it's mostly done in gray box, but we've, you know, seen uh them working i look further out of gray box than that but you know. i agree it's it is weird how they talked about it being in gray box but it seemed like i'd seen it further along than that you know yeah. but but i don't you know uh, hard to say i mean maybe maybe they've had to go back to the drawing board for whatever reasons or um you know as they because i i'm i'm sure with the cargo refactor that somewhere Somewhere in that whole soup of conversation has to be tractor beams and different size tractor beams. You're, you know, you're going to have your three one five P. You're going to have the tractor beam that's underneath the the nose of the uh, the Taurus. You know, I mean, the, I think there's a there's a, like a bigger handheld one, like a you know, like a two handheld one type of thing. Um, you know, there are so yeah. You know, I mean, uh, definitely, definitely. It's definitely going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of where ships are at, what is coming new, and then, you know, you know, what do they have in store for this vote? What is your predictions that you'll possibly that we'll possibly see um, with these new ships? Well, you know. <laughs> I will say, yeah, it's really tough, right? It's really tough to to say. Um, I, you know, I I think we've had enough ground vehicles lately. <laughs> you know, I you know I'd like to see. Well, yeah, and, and <laughs> until more things kind of, I think we're good on ground vehicles. Probably that's all, right I'm, all I'm saying is you, when you have the Centurion, the Ballista, you know, um, you have the the Tonk. You know, um, you know, and and obviously, you know, there's a, a range of different bikes and that type of thing. Um, I, I don't know. You know, it's a great question. What do I think is going to be in the pipeline or or that type of thing? Um, well, you know, so we think about Pyro, right? So they've got refueling and they've mm -hmm. got the expanse. They've got the remote um, um refining what are some other types and of course you know what here's the ship i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's gonna be the vulcan that's the one i'd like to see 
that's that one that's got refueling, repairing, and um, rearming. That I think would be an interesting, you know, I think that's going to be an it could be an important ship for Pyro. Oh, what about you? We yeah, I think I'm with you on. It's going to be a. Um, it'll be some type of logistics ship with refuel. Well, with at least repair. Um, I think they're going to rely on the Starfare for refueling right now. Um, so maybe the Crucible then? Uh, maybe. Uh, you know, that that that's come up recently. So, oh yeah, I mean that's a thought, isn't it? The Crucible. So you know we we need to see how um, that comes out. I think uh, I think one of those Geon ships is coming, uh, possibly. Yeah, I mean, what uh, are we thinking? Raylan is going to be in the next Alien yeah. Week. Yeah, I think I'm Raylan. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. <clears throat> Um, but who knows, but they may, may be, uh, four, you know, totally unknowns. So, um, maybe it's one of our new mining ships. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be great. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that isn't going to be the case, right? So, no, that would be awesome, uh, but it would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, you know, the crucible does make a lot of sense though. It really does. I mean, because like you said, I mean, uh they we've got they've got the refueling down. Um probably repair before rearming, I think. And and then I think with the Vulcan they would really need to have the drone tech in place. I don't yeah. know. The crucible doesn't seem to have that as much, I don't think. Um, so I'm just going to look for it because I'm curious. So it's a heavy repair. You know, I think you, I mean, that definitely could be a ship that's, they, they have talked about this ship, this ship recently too, right? In the last year, it seems like the crucibles came up. Mm -hmm. So, hmm. Yeah, I... I'm beginning to think that, you know, just because I know that it's, uh, that's such an important, you know, being able to repair, you know, you're being able to refuel, you know, and then, I mean, there's no, the Vulcan, I obviously can rearm, but there's no necessarily dedicated rearming ship, right? Nope. Hmm. That'll be interesting as well. Something, uh. Some kind of an armory ship, maybe. Well, you know, it's definitely going to be one of those ships that we're going to have to rely on um, for Pyro. You know, start putting these ducks in the row for ships to Pyro type. You know, it's like the ships to Pyro. So, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the um, a lot of the ships that we're going to need for logistical purposes. So. Yes, then yeah. that's exactly what you know. That that's you know kind of the the definitely the logic train I was going down. So very interesting, good good. Um, you know, just gonna kind of 
I think yeah, I'm gonna go with. I think the Crucibles probably will be would be interesting, knowing that they've got the Starfarer where it needs to be, knowing that the Expanse is where it needs to be, um, and then you they're refueling uh, and re, now and then repair is gonna be really important there. Yeah, I think uh, I'll go with that. All right. Well, which which one of these panels is uh, that you're you know which one of them are you most interested in? You know, it's a good question. I mean, I, of course, very interested in the, the, the pyro one. Uh, very interested in power management. I think ships is probably, you know, I, I'm, you know, big into ships. I suppose if I had to pick one, the thing that I'm most excited about is is probably is them showing us what's, what pyro is going to look like. How about yeah. you? Uh, <clears throat> probably the power play. I can understand uh, that. Uh, yeah, you know. So near and dear to our heart. Yeah, probably not going to hear what I want to hear. Uh, but <laughs> most definitely um, the, uh, you know, seeing what they're doing with Pyro is, is up there on my list. And, you know, most definitely the ship talk stuff. So uh, everything else, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to it all. Uh, but yeah, you know, probably the power play in the, you know, in the planetary Pyro. Uh, everything else, you know, but it's going to give us a good indication to uh, for what we need to look forward to uh, in the coming uh, for the for the end of the year, and you know what what should be coming next year. So, so are you still um, first first second quarter pyro? You think next year? Yep, I think. Um, you know, if it's been any in any any indication, that's hard to get out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, indication, uh, what they've done so far of trying to meet those deadlines. Um, yes, I feel like they're <clears throat> gonna try to get Pyro out at the beginning of the year. Uh, most definitely, first quarter, for sure. And I definitely think it'll be interesting to see. Because, you know, as far as the progress tracker goes and as far as, uh, you know, you know, the those types of things like the the um, things that they're doing to track, you know, um, you know, where the game is at, the roadmap, you know, type of thing, uh, the release view. Um, I do hope that there's some nuggets in the panels about what's going to be in 319, you know, because right now, I mean, it's, you know, it's. We're almost a 318, and we really don't even, you know, and they said they were going to do this, and that's fine. Um, but I do, it, it always is nice to kind of, you know, now that 319 is, you know, we're getting closer to 318, just kind of knowing what might be in 319 might be some, you know, some fun, some some fun cannon <laughs> fodder for conversation. Yeah, exactly. You know, what what all is, <laughs> what all is, is going in the, 319 is it going to be a super um feature rich patch that um you know 318 <clears throat> might be losing uh you know some of its features because of its release time frame um you know and from november to the end of the year you know is that going to be enough time to get 319 out um, you know, I don't know, uh, if it isn't, then, you know, my predictions are going to be kind of smashed a little bit, but 
you know, if they're going to kind of stick to the schedule, and so far they have, um, yeah, uh, I'd say they're going to get 319 out before the end of the year. <clears throat> and um, when they go on their little break, you know, they're going to have something fairly stable, hopefully. Uh, so when they go on their little break here and then come back, they're going to be ready to, um, you know, to push four Oh, so. Mm, it's going to be very interesting. So I, um, I'm beginning to think that maybe we'll see pyro at IAE next year, not this IAE, but maybe IAE next year. So, um, I, that being said, I, I want pyro as soon as possible. I think it would be incredibly, um, helpful, um, and fun for the game. Um, uh, you know, especially if there's some new things along with it, you know, that, that would that would make it fun. Uh, you know, of course, the logistics game goes through the roof at that point. Um, coordinated efforts go through the roof at that point. Um, and just kind of just fun in general, I think, you know, is, is important. So, well, last couple of things I want to talk about tonight, Zell, you know, uh, uh, you know, and, and great conversation about CitizenCon. Um, you know, you talked me off the ledge a little bit. Uh, I, I caught a um, an Eradicator video where there, uh, I think he had put up this thing where Aaron Roberts and Squadron 42 was a couple of years out. Um, when I first kind of looked at that, I'm like, ah, a couple of years. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But then you and I got to talking and you made a really good point that, uh, look, it's you got a, one more year of development. Um, you know, in Squadron 42, and then you got a one-year marketing campaign where they polish it up. And you're probably not wrong. So two years does seem more, it seems more nominal now that you've, you kind of put it in that context. Well, sure. I mean, and, and you know, depends on how we break down what two years is. You know, 2024, um, you know, is it going to be the... You know, I definitely wouldn't think it would be the first or second quarter for sure. Uh, most most releases, uh, big releases, either come summertime or fall. Good point. And my bet it's going to be trying to hit that fall release of 2024. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, 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 I mean, but if you think about it, a lot of this stuff seems to be going, <clears throat> you know, it was just, heck, man, uh, we were talking about, you know, 316. It just seems like we were, you know, it wasn't that long ago. So, you know, here we are. Uh, so when, it, you know, if, if you kind of relate it to that is, is uh, they're going to be finishing this stuff up. As a you know, wrapping a lot of Squadron Forty Two stuff up, getting polishes done, um, and that's just the game part. Not you know, not to mention uh, getting uh, you know, working on these CGI trailers, uh, releasing gameplay footage, um, you know, getting ahead of the narrative as it relates to um, you know, for a lot of these games, game journos and. Um, you know, really trying to stay ahead of the narrative, getting it out there and, you know, uh, say, hey, you know, we released our game uh, and trying to, you know, get some positive press out of it. So, I mean, not we're an official triple A, you know, studio. Exactly. You know, and kind of, uh, you know, kind of letting 
<laughs> letting the haters have it, so to speak. It's like we 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 got it done. Um, and yeah, so you know, creating that narrative, um, you know, getting a lot of this gameplay footage and stuff ready, um, uh, getting the marketing going, uh definitely puts it in line for that uh 2024 uh because we we know they have to be close the the one thing i will say uh and i 100 percent agree with you it has to be getting close is squadron 42 because star citizen has suffered because it's an alpha and it's you know it's kind of classically meme it's meme worthy buggy right but it's look it's 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 only because it's a game in development that it's meme worthy buggy You've been able to see it in a state that you're you're playing it in a state that was never meant to be kind of played. I think that they've done a good job at kind of giving you lots of the tools there. But, you know, I mean, you know, certain kind of, you, you know, you and I know when you set out in Star Citizen, at any point you could, you're half an hour of your time could be, <laughs> it could be turned well, sideways, you know, pretty quickly. You know? Well, that's the thing. And, and if we're to be fair... Um, even in the state that it's in, it still plays pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot better than it did a year ago. Yeah, you know, it, it's yes, it does have its problems, but you know, it plays pretty good for what it is, and you got to give it at least a little bit of credit for, um being as playable as it is in, 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 in its alpha state. Yes. So, um, yeah, just, just to kind of give the devil its due. So, well, last but not least, so for the night, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, I had, I had the opportunity because they're giving it to subscribers to fly the hull a, uh, <laughs> Oh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I know that it, um, I know that it, the economics of the game don't make it a very lucrative um, hauler. I think Sandy Claus, who's been really doing a great job, by the way, I should mention, shout out Sandy. Uh, if you're still listening to this, uh, this far into the podcast, Sandy, uh, make sure you look me up and but you know and, and let me know. Because Sandy's been doing a lot of um, really, really cool um, cargo uh, spreadsheets and that type of thing in the Explorers League group. Uh, and even Sandy said, you know, about the most he could squeeze out of the Hall A is about 11500 a run, which is, you know, I mean, not, not terrible money. It means 10 runs, you get a hundred grand, <laughs> yeah. but you know, not, not the economics aren't there where it makes it worth it. But despite all that, just take, just get rid of all that stuff from, for, you know, that, that it's, you know, it's, it doesn't earn you a lot of AUEC per hour. I just liked flying the little thing. I don't know what it was. I just, I, I must just like misc ships. Um, you know, I just enjoyed flying that ship. I mean, just, you know, the, the entire act of heading over to uh, uh, mining area 56 on Walla and p- grabbing some, you know, some tungsten and, and, and hauling it over to area 18. And I made like 3,500 bucks on it, you know, <laughs> whatever, 3,500 AUC. It didn't matter. I just enjoyed flying the Hull A. It was, it was interesting to me. Um, you know, and Star Citizen does that to me now and then. It's just like, I just kind of marvel at the fact that I'm in this little ship grabbing this cargo and hauling over to this place. Yeah, you know, we've, you know, we've 
kind of expressed our disappointment as relates to to the uh, amount of cargo um, that it can carry. Um, you know, especially we're <laughs> kind of referring to, you know, just kind of like two steps up in that whole series that, uh, you know, the whole C uh, really kind of steps up the <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, you have 64, then 384, then 4,700. I mean, holy mackerel. It's, it's a really jump up. Um, you know, we, you know, we feel like uh, that it probably should have been, you know, to me, I, I don't, I don't know if I've publicly stated to this, but, you know, just sitting here thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking it should have been, you know, 150, 200. Um, because incrementally, man, these things really start jumping up in, you know, the amount of cargo capacity that they have, uh, especially when it's, uh, you know, it's going to be on uh, that, um, you know, expanding cargo grid. Uh you know, although, you know, you know, like we've said before, don't under, don't know what their metric is, uh, because it doesn't it doesn't really fill a niche in that, you know, in, in that cargo ship right now, because uh, you're better off with a freelancer or, you know, something else. Uh, that being said, I do like it. It's a cool little ship. I feel like they've done an excellent job with the interior. Um, yeah, the ship pipelines have come a long way. Yes. Same with the it, raft. It, I mean, the raft is a cool ship. It looks it looks really cool. It's shiny. You yep. got you know, it's got those chrome elements that look you know awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I like it. It flies really well. You know, for a little ship. I mean, it's cool when you you know expand up. The cargo grid and stuff it looks cool doing you know going through that transformation uh you, you can actually see the working parts you know you see that you know you see that screw that kind of you know starts unwinding everything and it, it, it you know it looks great um you know um you know could, you know in my opinion could it have been a <clears throat> you know a little bit more cargo yeah i think so but you know you're right. We, you know, uh, you were telling me about uh, talking to a few people that, uh, where, you know, we, we even got into the range of the thing. Yeah. Of uh, you know, it has a a really good range um, for the size of the ship. It is. It, you know, it has a real big fuel cell. Right. Um, and. You know that you know it could be you know there, there's a few niches that it, it can, can fill and that they, you know it fits inside of a c2 well uh, yeah i think somebody you know i did a pragmatic review of the halle and i you know got some really nice feedback from it but one guy really really was very articulate um you know um about the halle and he made some really interesting points which really kind of raised my awareness. You know, I was, I was happy that, that he did that. 
Um, you know, uh, and he, you know, some of the points he made, which were really good, you know, solid points were, um, you know, the Hall A is, uh, what is his name? It's, his name is uh, uh, Cheston Yu. He said um, some, some, some interesting things. He said, uh, a few cool things people need to know about the Hull A is the quantum fuel tank's huge for this for its size. It's very true. It's a very compact little ship. Like that's what surprised me about it. When you first run up to it without the sp without the spindles or the splines, you know, kind of opened up, it's a tiny ship. But it's got ten thousand um, quantum fuel. You know, that's actually a huge gas tank for something that's got a size one drive. So, you know, with an, with an Atlas drive, it has an enormous range. I mean, the thing is, it, it, it actually, it may be able to actually fly across Pyro. You know, like literally, like one of the, one of the few little size one ships that can pull it off. And I think the raft is even crazier with 27,000, you know, quantum fuel. Uh, the, the other thing he said is, and, and I didn't know this, that the hull A could be spawned from the blue outpost pads. Um, you know, and so that makes, that's niche. Now, whether or not they change that later or not, I still think that's cool that you can have a 64 SU cargo hauler. I don't think you can pull a freelancer or whatever from one of those blue outpost pads. So if you happen oh, to... I, would, I wouldn't say so. I mean, those, <laughs> those things are quite a bit bigger than the pad themselves. So yeah, you know what I mean? So, you know, like that type of thing. So it's, it, of course it's got a, a very quick claim time. But then um, he said, with the cargo spindle contracted from gentle flying, the hull A fits into a C2. So that's that's the thing. Zell and I are going to go try that. <laughs> We're going to be doing a can you fit video or can oh, it fit yeah. video here pretty soon. I yeah. Mean, yeah, we, we definitely need to test that theory. So. Because that, then, you know, then what well, the point that, the, anyways, the point that Cheston was making is that. Got out to Cheston. Yeah, Cheston, thank you, sir. Uh, he was calling it a deployable snub supply hauler. So if you have mega ships or mother ships or, you know, this would be the ship that would quickly bounce between them. It's like, hey, do you guys have any, uh, you know, water over your way? Yeah, man, we got, you know, 120 SCU. Could you just throw 32 SCU on and bring it over? You know, <laughs> type of thing. You know, if you have big shit, like, like it's going to be like a, like a, like a snub supply ship. You know, he also talked about, you know, maybe, you know, you might be able to sneak because of its little size. Like if you were happen to be out, like let's say you weren't out a ton of ways, but let's say you're out in a, in an odyssey, you know, a little ways away. It does have the car, you know, potentially the, uh, the fuel capacity to fly back to civilization and take that new valuable ore you just found. So that's the point he made. I thought it was a good point. Very well thought of. You know, obviously I get lots of comments on lots of my videos and I feel very blessed. Uh, but this was a, it was, he, he really did take a time to lay out some reasonable arguments for the Hull A. And ones that I, you know, that have raised my awareness to it and, and raised my respect level for it a little bit as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, um just kind of a quick side note you know i know we need to be wrapping up pretty soon but yep it's funny when we were <laughs> kind of looking into um the ranges for a lot of these cargo ships and um uh, you know like with that 
you know, hole A with the Atlas on it, <clears throat> you know, we we're getting, what was it like 1100? Um, and I think it was like 1120 uh, million kilometers, you know, out of, out of a, out of a fuel cell. And it, it got us to looking at, at, you know, some of the other ones as well, it, you know, on a slow drive there, you know, that C2 was getting like 24, um, hundred, you know, million kilometers out of, out, out of a slow drive. Yeah. That's, that's, you got us thinking, okay, what about these Explorer ships? Yeah. It's a, you know, C2 is your new Explorer ship. It's got twice as much fuel capacity. You know, we look at the Carrick and the Carrick was getting like 518 million kilometers out of a slow drive. And we're like, uh, does something look, sound yeah, kind so, of is there an exploration of this is crusader put an exploration variant you know the yeah. e2 <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, we... just just as a little aside maybe we need to kind of go into more of a deep dive on the you know in the future on that but uh yeah, yeah well it'll be interesting when pyro comes out in, in in scale it definitely becomes a thing it's you know how you know the you know, you and I made this, you know, I'll make this last point before we sign off, how some of these, you know, there's going to be a whole new, like right now, people are like, what's the best drive? Okay, size one, go with an Atlas drive, or, you know, it's a short range jump, go with a VK00 or whatever. What's the best, you know, drive? Uh, you know, size two or whatever, go with an XL1 drive, you know. Um, what's, you know, go with the TS2 at size three. But in when Pyro comes, because it's such a, way bigger system there's going to be these other choices that are going to be more middle of the range they got you know they're they're you know they're 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 a certain speed can cover a certain amount of ground um th that are going to be kind of the the new metas you know what i mean there's it's definitely going to change you're going to have to start mid-maxing you know your choices um of course right now uh something we spoke about in the past is you know, we have no reference for, uh, you know, we we know we've heard that, you know, Pyro is going to be, you know, like three, four times bigger than, you know, Stanton is right now. But we don't really have a reference of, um, you know, how, you know, really how far out that really is. Can I right. fly from, you know, can I fly from Ruin Station to, you know, um, you know, one of the pyro planets out at the, you know, furthest end. Uh, right now, the reference that we have is, you know, how many times can I fly back and forth from, you know, say Area 18 to Microtech, uh, you know, to kind of give us, you know, what the, you know, full distance of, of you know, what that engine's capable of type thing. So, right. Uh, we really, you know, that, that's something that, you know, hopefully we're going to find out on, uh, on Saturday is... Um, you know, to kind of get get some feeling of size of how how big Pyra is actually going to be. Um, you know, it's like well, you know, with a with an Atlas drive, uh, you know, uh, your whole A can go from Rune Station to this point type of thing, and you're like, holy crap, that's going to be big. You know, so right. You know, we don't know yet. So anyway. well, I mean, and some of these jump points are way outside of you know of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, of of getting to those point, you know, we we you know, we're about to go down another road, but 
you know, you know, what ships are, you know, going to have that kind of range. Uh, you know, we, we know that like these data runner ships and cargo ships, uh, actually are going to need these ranges to be able to, you know, to leapfrog through these jump points to, you know, other systems and things. So, um, and, and we know they're, you know, a lot of them are going to be bigger than say pyro is. So, you know, a lot of these things are, uh, you're, you're going to have to make your considerations on the type of, uh, you know, the type of quantum drives you're going to be using in the future. And all that's very exciting because, um, you know, I, I'm definitely one of those min maxers. I, I like, I like, you know, having, uh, these choices that I have to make. So, right. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great place to leave it. And, and it's just been an absolutely just love the conversation tonight. I know it was a, it, you know, we were, you know, it's so funny because, you know, there's this kind of a lull in activity in Star Citizen and we all know where we're at between 317.3 now and 318 and, and that type of thing. But there was kind of a, you know, kind of a, just a lot of information. And I know next time, of course, post um, Citizen Con, there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about. So um, so just wanted to say how much I enjoyed tonight's conversation. Uh, you know, little known secret as uh, Zell and I did try to record last night and uh, end up hitting the technical snag. And, uh, you know, and, and I personally hit a bit of an energy snag. Um, but, you know, uh, anyways, just I super enjoyed tonight's conversation. Uh, for all you guys that are out there listening, thanks so much. Uh, I am going to turn it over to Mr. Zellabrax, and he, uh, he usually does this thing at the end here. So have a great night, everybody. Absolutely. Always good conversation. And, guys, let us know what you're looking forward to uh, this Citizen Con. You know, what panels uh you're most interested in down in the comments below and also too uh if you guys have any speculations let us know what what ships you think uh they might uh come out with uh you know they're they're you know unannounced ships you know give us a you know if you guys have any uh insight you know give us a little bit of insight make sure you put them down in the comments below make sure that you hit that like button make sure you hit that subscribe if you guys are on Spotify, you know, give us some give us some love over there. Give us some five stars if you like if you like the conversation. That being said, we'll see you next week on another Rock Runners Report.